0: Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. But we know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I'm here uh, with returning guest, Christina Dixon, to get a relationship update. Um, for both her um, and me, uh, we're going to talk about essentially what it's like to be in a long-term partnership. Um, We've each moved in with our partners. Um, We're looking at kind of that next stage of like, you know, marriage, kids, family building. And uh, I don't know about you, Christina, but I am fucking terrified. (laughs) Welcome to the show.
2: (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I think terrified is a great word. Excited. um, All of the, the emotions in between that.
1: So uh, on this episode, we'll chat like, you know, both as humans and I think as therapists, right? Of like, how do you navigate some of these conversations? Um, I'd be curious to know a little bit about like, you know, what commitment means to you and and how that shows up in the relationship um, and what it's like to yeah, just build long-term bonds. Um, because what I'm starting to realize is that, you know, love is very different from lust, you know, and then the honeymoon mm-hmm. phase is over and I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm dating my girlfriend, but it's also like, we're kind of family. Like we live together. We moved out here to Evergreen, Colorado. Like it's a very different thing. And and me personally, I haven't had a long-term relationship, right? I've had a long distance relationship that lasted a while, but that's not really a real relationship in some ways. Um, But the longest person I dated before Caroline was like a year or so. So this is all new territory for me
2: same for me I'd had very few um, long-term relationships but yeah they were maybe a few months or a year or so and to be in a place um, Andrew and I've been together for a year and a half and like you said to um, be in that honeymoon to move through that into now we're living together now we're talking about future steps it's it's been a roller coaster
1: yeah so can you say a little about that roller coaster like what's
2: what's the current temperature yeah I think um Right now, it's a bit challenging. I actually broke my foot a few weeks ago, broke a bone in my foot. So it's been um, a a different type of dynamic for our relationship. So, you know, we were kind of steady in some ways in regards to um, knowing what to expect of each other, knowing um, how to interact and how to talk with each other. And then all of a sudden, I'm on crutches and not able to put weight on a foot. And we have a two-story house that I have to figure out how to get up and down steps it's my right foot I can't drive mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm reliant on a person like I've never been before and um, it's hard for me to ask for help and so that has really thrown a, a wrench probably in in the long run a positive wrench but a, a wrench into the dynamic
1: yeah I mean that's real we were talking a little before the show that um, you know my partner went through shingles last year and it was a very similar thing where all these like, yeah. Old feelings came up and and she was like truly dependent for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can step into this caregiver thing, but I, I built up a lot of resentment. I think I got really scared mm-hmm. of just being like, oh, my God, like, is this what relationships are? Is this like the rest of my life? You know, um, we had a wonderful like first year of our relationship. And, you know, last year was good, too. But, you know, first year was dating and we were like traveling a lot. I was camping a lot. We were all in the car every weekend. It was always something fun. And then this jingles mm-hmm. thing happens and it's like, oh God, like I, you know, clear your calendar, right? Like I'm not going, going anywhere with her. There's a lot of stuff that I wanted to show her still in Colorado, um, things I wanted to do. And I was just kind of sitting in a lot of disappointment, um, which mm-hmm. turned to anger. Where I felt like I was trapped and, and a lot of that was me, right? Wow. Like I had this idea that I had to, I had to be around her all the time where quite frankly, mm-hmm. most of the time she was just kind of like asleep. Like she wasn't even aware of me <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, I just it was crazy how I got thrown into that kind of like martyr role. And I didn't like it, even though I felt stuck right. in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: I think it's super easy especially if someone's a caregiver. Andrew's got the same tendencies, so he steps into the caregiving role super well, but I am afraid of and I think there was some resentment. Um we've had conversations now about distribution of of household tasks, like who does more or who does what. And and just a feeling of frustration of like the the trash never stops. The dishes never end. You're always having to, to take care of something around the house and then add in like you in a lot of ways is taking care of me. It's a lot easier for him to get up and get me a glass of water than it is for me to try to figure out, especially at the beginning when I broke my foot. Um, and it's I am not a good patient. I am not good at asking for help. I'm not good at saying, um, can you do this for me? And so he will then get angry at me because I'm pushing it. And he's like, you're going to hurt yourself even more. And this is going to go on longer and that resentment, that anger will build up. Um, But I just don't want to be dependent.
1: Yeah. That that other side is tough too. Like I got, I got COVID last year and I'm a, I'm a horrible patient. I'm so bad. Like I am both very dramatic because I use, I use humor (laughs) to cope. Right. So I will literally be on the ground and be like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I can't move. And I'm like being dramatic and I'm trying to like make a joke out of it, but for someone that doesn't speak that language they think that i'm like actually dying mm-hmm. right so like that's like kind of mm-hmm. weird um and then i also have like unbelievably high standards so like mm-hmm. I, I didn't notice i mean i i know i have high standards but i didn't notice it when i was sick until we really all was sick with somebody else where it's like you know I, and it's kind of shitty to admit but like you know if, if caroline brought me like you know campbell's chicken soup i would be like what the fuck is this like, why don't you make this from scratch? Like, you know, I want in- organic ingredients and like, you know, slow cooked broth. Like, what do you mean you just microwave some chicken soup for me? You know, like right. I have like un- unreasonable standards for how I want to be taken care of. And my mm-hmm. problem is I don't often communicate those. So it ends up just being mm-hmm. this thing where I'm like, well, I'm just going to take care of myself because, you know, I'm the best at it and uh, I don't want mm-hmm. anyone else to like mess it up. But I can't because I'm sick, right? So
2: right, right. And I, I think I'm a little bit similar. It's not necessarily the perfectionist, but it's the um, I yeah, I don't want to ask for somebody, or it's it's not going to be um. Is as, as fast as I want it to be, or the same way that I I would do it, um, yeah. Like maybe it's the Campbell soup, but it's like well, it's in the wrong bowl, or it's mm-hmm. it's you know you're you're it's it's not quite the right temperature or something that that would be wrong for me. So yeah, and and I also think of it as like. Well, if my partner wasn't there, then I would have to figure this stuff out on my own anyway. So why don't I just figure it out when he is there?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But so, so complicated. So, um, yeah, like like um, escalating in the way that like when I then get activated in some way, it it influences him. He gets activated in some way. It influences me. And we're just kind of rolling down the hill, getting into a bigger snowball together.
1: Right. Just like peeing off each other nonstop. Right. And and
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, I think what I know about you, right. And we've talked about some of your previous episodes is that you've really worked hard to be fiercely independent, right. And taking a lot of pride mm-hmm. in like the ability to be independent, to have like awesome life skills, to like be a high functioning human. And then right. when that gets taken away, it's just like, holy shit. Right. Or when that, when, like you said, it's like, I can just do this myself. I know how to do this. I have to do this, but having that thing that I know you're proud of, and I'm also proud of the same thing. Like get taken away is um, it's tough. It's really tough.
2: Right. Yeah. And it, it stirred up for me also a lot of um, feelings about my body. So yeah. I, I thought at one point in time, and, and we talked about it on a previous episode, but I thought I had repaired a relationship with my body. Yeah. And then my body is letting me down again. In my perspective, it's, it's we're here all over again and, and fears about the future, like you kind of mentioned, is this how it's always going to be? And I, I have this story that I'm always going to be the sick one in the relationship, or I'm going to be the one that's slower, um, because right now I can't walk as fast as everyone else. So usually, you know, people are, are going ahead, and then I'm catching up eventually. But I'm like, oh, is this going to be me in 20 years, where everybody else is racing ahead, and I get there eventually. And so, you know, it's hard to then be a, an attentive partner when I'm in this um, really negative story about myself and my body and my independence.
1: Yeah. When the spiraling is happening and like, Oh my God, like Mm -hmm. it's just going to be more of this and worse. Right. Um, Right. I I can relate. Like, I don't, well, I'll say, I don't have a fear of death. I don't don't have a fear of death because I'm still young. I think it will come. I'm not Mm -hmm. like I've conquered that, but I do have a fear of aging and I do have a fear of like disability and like inability um, and mm-hmm. I think it comes down to what you're saying of like it's truly a fear of dependence, right? Or a fear exactly. of like weakness, you know. I mean, something that like I I gain from my mindfulness meditation practice is like, you know, I think my soul and my spirit is like strong, but I really get frustrated mm-hmm. when like my body can't do what my soul and spirit want it to do. Right. And there is that disconnection where I'm like, just fucking like lift that thing over your head, like what's wrong with you? You know? Um mm-hmm. just, just walk faster. Like, just don't get tired. Like I have that kind of, you know, like, because my soul and spirit are strong and they like, they want to do everything. Um, but sometimes I just hit physical limitations. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's been the hardest challenge, I think, for me in relationship is the dependence. I'm like, we talked about so often have I been single mm-hmm. and I am fiercely independent. So it, that comes more naturally to me. And it's a bit of a protection. It keeps me a little isolated and separate from other people. You can't get so close to me if I'm dependent, independent, and able to do everything on my own and don't ask for help. So to be in this journey with somebody and say it's it's we and us together versus me and you um, is is a real learning curve for me.
1: Dude, that's like that's the hardest thing. I mean, I'll just close a little bit to our listeners. Like this is literally what I'm talking about in my own therapy. So you're gonna get it live mm-hmm. with uh, with Christina here. <laughs> I am, I'm in a process where it's so difficult, um, but necessary to like expand my sense of self to include another person. Right. Mm -hmm. That's out of my control. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm used to, and again, I, for good or for worse, like I pride myself on the amount of control I can have over my life. But then now my sense of self includes Caroline and I'm like, holy shit, I'm not in control of like 50% of my identity. That's insane. That's insane to me.
2: And if your your family expands to children, then you're gonna lose even more control than I know. you have right now.
1: I know. <laughs> and they're like definitely dependent, right? Like, you know, a partner's dependent sometimes, but a kid it's like they can't do shit for like a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like it, that it, is hard. Yeah, go
2: ahead. Right. It's a big change of identity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally struggle with that because it's like You know, again, I pride myself on being on time and punctual and like having my life dialed in and like having my systems. And now it's there's another person there and their values are different than mine around some of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, shit, like I'm for the first time in my life, I'm like late to stuff and I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this. Right. Or for the first time, (laughs) you know, or like I have to consider someone else's feelings when I make a decision or, you know, I can't Mm -hmm. just be impulsive and like throw a bunch of camping gear in the back of the truck and go like I need everything needs to be talked about and planned. And um, while it is in service of something greater, you know, family, kids, future, et cetera, I think the really, I am going through a like mourning process um, because I really liked my yeah. single life. I mean, I, yes, I was lonely, like deeply lonely in some ways, but I, I also liked the, the control that I had. over. Mm-hmm.
2: Me, you know? Absolutely. And, and I think too, um, as, as exciting as it is to be going through some of these challenges to know that we can come on, out on the other side of it, I'm in addition, like you said, mourning the the single life, but mourning the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. I even said after I found out about the broken foot, I was like, you know, this would have been so different if this happened three, four months into the relationship. It would have been like showering with affection and care and tenderness, and it would have just felt so lovey-dovey. And I mean, uh, probably there would have been a challenge, but I think it would have been much different than it is now. And this is reality.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been way different, right? Because it's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can't turn it off. I mean, it's part of like moving on with someone. It's like you can't turn off the relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the beginning, right? It's like you know, yes, you know, you could be present for each other and shower with affection and love, and then you can like just go home, right? And like right. it's off, right? And like your partner can yep. recover. You could like you know hobble around the house and make yourself soup, right? Like there's 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 mm-hmm. like time out of the camera, right? There's time that's yes. not on stage, but it's like moving in it's like it's all there you you see everything good bad and ugly Mm
2: -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah and the stories that get uh stirred up i think are are clear too like when you talk about dependence when you talk about considering someone else as an only child i have a deep um you know kind of internalized i think prejudice about being selfish Mm -hmm. and about always getting what i need because that's the story of of only children and so the idea of that bumping against how do I be considerate for somebody else? How do I navigate this is important and I need to, to talk about this versus this as being a little bit selfish or even um, recognizing this isn't about the only child syndrome, but it feels like it internally.
1: Say more about that. Like, are you trying to mitigate being selfish? Like you're trying to never be perceived as that?
2: Correct. Yeah. Because I think I got that label thrown at me, whether it was appropriate or not. That right. was always the go-to injury in school is, you know, oh, well, you're an only child. You get everything you want and you're always, you know, um, spoiled or or whatnot. And so I think I worked very hard to try to prove that I wasn't that stereotype. Mm-hmm. And so in a relationship, it's it's then so confusing of how do I ask for what I need and how do I get what I need? And can I take that in as, as my partner being caring or do I take that in as I'm asking for too much? I'm being too selfish.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to see where my connection is. I, I think in my family, and this is, I think, similar in some Jewish culture of like every gift also comes with an insult. Right. Oh. So it's like, okay, I'm going to buy you these new shoes because your current shoes look like shit. Right. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm going to like cook for you because you can't cook for yourself. Like there's this like, kind of like infantilization of help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where I get triggered around asking for help is like, I don't want someone to help me because I don't want them to think that I can't do it by myself, that there's like Mm -hmm. something wrong with me or that like, I'm not able or like not willing or not, you know, not not willing to learn, not able to do it, whatever it is. Like, it's like a dig on my ability that I like need help from somebody,
2: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And and so how complicated then if you um, don't want to accept maybe the soup, because it implies that you can't make the soup on your own, but you also want the organic broth, you know, all those things. So you have the high standards and expectations for the soup.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm like, I could, I can, not only can I make the soup, I'm going to make the best goddamn chicken noodle soup you've ever seen in your entire life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like It's like, it's that level of ego really. Right. Of like, I'll show you, I'll show you like how capable Mm -hmm. I am. Right. Like this soup is going to be like, Two Michelin stars right now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't have a leg, right? And I can't even walk.
2: (laughs) Right. So the overcompensation just shows up. It's yeah, yeah, I'm going to to prove that I can overcome this, and even in a way that's that's harmful for me ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, poor poor Andrew has to sit by and watch it happen, and then (laughs) he gets his own feelings about it.
1: Yeah. So what do you do about that? I mean, let's, let's put our therapist hat on a little bit, you know, before we move to the break, like in the perfect world, right? Like how would you navigate Mm -hmm. that difference?
2: Well, I think the saving grace for me has been, I have been in therapy this time. So I am having a space every week to be able to talk about what's coming up for me. Um, and to to help when I'm getting regressed, bring me back into my adult self and be a, a bit more objective. So I think that's a, an important part for me is to have that other space that I can get um, clarity on this and get perspective. Uh, and I think communication. For me, it's been um, how do I put these things into words so he has at least a sense of what's going on for me. Mm-hmm. It's not this mystery or this this confusion for him. But I can say, it's really hard for me to ask for help. And when I do that, this is what gets stirred up for me. Um, I think it, it grounds the both of us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think the communication is huge, right? Like, that's what I've been trying to do with Caroline, too. And just, you know, knowing she's not a mind reader, I guess, mm-hmm. and trying to at least vocalize my feelings um, not stuff it in, not assume that we're coming from the same page on things, right? Like, we do share a ton of values, but there are some... Key ways that we see the world which are dramatically different and that's Mm -hmm. become more and more apparent as we've been in a long term relationship too. and I try to like vocalize some of that just so I mean, I don't want to change her mind because she's got her view I just want to make sure that I don't get kind of washed aside, you know, Mm -hmm. or that I just, um, yeah, that, that I don't stand up for myself, I guess, you know.
2: Well, it goes back to, I think, the we versus the you and me. Yeah. Is that when you're sharing your values and you're having a conversation about it, it becomes more of the we are doing this together versus you're doing it and Caroline's doing it separately.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or I think in what I'm more comfortable relationship with, where it's like I'm doing it to Caroline, where it's like I'm in that kind of power position, right? Like I'm dictating the way that things go. And in some ways, like really boxing her out right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, it's what we're doing. is how we're doing it. And it's going to be great. And like, it, it is great, but it doesn't make room for like other points of being, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, like, like other points of view, um, which is something that I've been learning in our relationship a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and I think that's why I'm personally so happy that, um, we've, we've been together for this amount of time and haven't moved forward into a relation or into a marriage or something. I was much more keen at the beginning of like, let's race through this. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful to have these kinds of experiences and helpful to know um, more about our values and our communication.
1: Yeah. I think that's great. So uh, we're going to move to a first commercial break. When we come back, I want to hear more about the values, differences, and similarities. I have some of that in my relationship that I'd love to talk about and just kind of like, how do I say this? Like what you see in a partner when you see more of them, right? Because like mm-hmm. you said, it's like, it's it's seeing beyond just that dating frame, right? You see them at all points of the day. They see you at all points of the day. Like it's way more intimate um, and also a lot like slower. Um, and that's been mm-hmm. a transition for me too of seeing my partner all, all the time. So a lot more talk about. Um, for those listening, hang in there and we'll see you on the other side of the commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark m-a-r-c-azuley-a-z-o-u-l-a-y.teachable.com.
2: Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: are listening to from the ashes with mark azule to reach the show today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to podcast at mark-azule.com now back to from the ashes welcome back to the show
1: um I'm here with Christina Dixon, returning fan favorite guest, and we're talking about long-term relationships. So to, I think to frame this next segment, something that one of my therapists told me that really stuck with me is that when dating, you want to find 60% overlap of values, interests, likes, attractiveness, whatever, and then build the other 40, right? Hmm. And like building that 40 is actually the most important part. Um, And this was really critical for me because I was trying to find, well, one, I was dating people that weren't a great match, um, but I was also trying to find that 100% person, right? And I was like, oh, there's a person out there that like, I don't have to work. I don't have to build. It's just going to be natural. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be perfect. And that like 60-40 thing really helped me. Um, So I'm curious for you, Christina, does that ring true for your experience? What do you think? About yeah, that?
2: I'd never heard it put that way, but it makes a ton of sense. I think when I was uh, on the dating apps, for instance, I was looking for at least 90 to 100 mm-hmm. percent in the value similarities. And um I yeah, I think it, I had this fantasy that things were going to be easier or that they were just going to fall into place. It was that um, story of you see the person across the room. You just know instantly that that's your person and everything goes smooth from there and yeah it does take work certainly and it does take conversations again about what are, what are our similarities what are our differences what do we want to build towards and what are we okay with having look different
1: yeah exactly and like where do we overlap and where do we not right like and are we okay mm-hmm. not overlapping Which um, yeah, is yeah,
2: a huge extrovert and I am very introverted mm-hmm. so that's one of the um, things that we're never going to overlap over and we've talked about how there's benefits. I slow him down a little bit. I, I encourage him to stay at home and um, take a day of rest, but he also pulls me out. And so we we can move a little bit um, in each other's directions. But there are also times at the beginning I was more inclined to say, oh, yes, to every invitation. And now I'm like, no, you need to do this. I'm going to stay at home. I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> I need to binge watch TV or something. And I'm going to do this all weekend and you have fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, a benefit of relationship is that if that's talked about, that can be okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. and that's it sounds obvious when you say it, but I've had so many clients that struggle with literally that issue where, you know, jealousy can creep up or insecurity can creep up or, you know, loneliness can creep up because it's never really mm-hmm. talked about. It's like, oh yeah, we're just different people and it's okay that we have different, you know, social speeds, right? And social needs.
2: Mm-hmm. And it does feel different for me when I was single, staying at home. Versus when I have a partner and I'm staying at home, like there is a bit of, um, sometimes there's excitement of like, yes, I have the house to myself and, and all, but there's a bit of, of loneliness or sadness. If I'm accustomed to having him around, I like having him in the house. Mm-hmm. And so it does feel a little empty when he's not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It can cause yeah. And also, cause there's like a very clear alternative, right? It's like, oh, I could be doing this with him. Right. Whereas right. when you're home alone, it's like, yeah, I'm choosing this and it's just, what well, my life is, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: so I think for me it's it's finding that um how to take care of myself and be a part of the relationship sometimes I'm going to need something that looks different sometimes I need to push that aside maybe and say oh this is an important thing or it's meaningful to him and I need to show up even if I'm not feeling 100 for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that makes a ton of sense yeah i I'm I guess I'm more extroverted than my partner. I but I love having people at our house. I like hosting mm-hmm. and like being the community hub. Like that's where for, that's for my happy place. Like I don't have to go out that much, but I bring people into mm-hmm. my space a ton. Um, and I think that's been an adjustment for Caroline because I think she enjoys it, but never really had a space where she did that. Um, right. You know, and it's like a different thing of like because I've done a lot of that. I'm like you know people be happy or not, they'll they'll figure it out. Like it's very casual. Whereas I think because she's newer, there's this idea of like, she's responsible for everybody's happiness. Everyone has, she has to like mm-hmm. take care of the whole party. Um, she has to make sure that everything is fine. That's like unbelievably stressful. Like if that's how I felt, yes. I wouldn't want to have people in my house. Right. I'd be like, get out of mm-hmm. here. Like, like Oh, so a bad time. That's kind of on them. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm going to do my best and make sure everyone's got something to eat and we have fun shit to do, but I'm not trying to, you know, be the life of the party and the host and all that.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? um, and. and- Andrew likes to host as well and it's fine on a regular day, but things like Thanksgiving, he will go over the top. He does want it to be this host and everybody's having a great time. And then at the end of the day, he, he doesn't enjoy himself. Yeah. So, you know, trying to, again, support him in, in wanting that, but also reminding him, I don't think you want to do that every single holiday because (laughs) you get really exhausted and maybe even a little frustrated that you're in the kitchen, not enjoying it. So, um, you know, just trying to, to put those things out there when he talks about the next party he's planning on hosting.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the other topic, right? Like seeing more of your partner, right? It's like, you're seeing more of that from him and seeing that that's a pattern, you know? I mean, that's mm-hmm. been something that has come up in our relationship where, you know, for me, having just like Caroline as a mirror for me is pretty intense because I've, just kind of operate in my own like quirks and my own buzz, but to really like have that ping off someone else is uh, a learning experience for sure. You know?
2: Right. And so she's able to see you, but also um, is impacted by you. Right. So, you know, when Andrew is hosting and a bit stressed out, I can feel it and therefore it's, it's it influencing my experience of it too. And so, yeah, then I think there's a pinging back and forth.
1: Yeah. Like that's the part where I'm like, oh God, I need to do more therapy or more work, right? Because I have, and maybe Andrew has this too, I don't know. But I have a thing where like, especially when I'm stressed or when I'm overwhelmed, I I don't collapse, which is good. I've worked hard on the collapse, but I do go into like Terminator action mode where like mm-hmm. I cut everybody off, including my partner. I go hyper-focused and I just like task and like get things done. And I'm like in like the zone um mm-hmm. and while and while that is effective it is very isolating for my partner um because she wants yeah. to help or she wants to be involved or she just wants to like hear from me right she wants to like listen mm-hmm. and like know like how I'm feeling and I'm just like nope this is irrelevant like I just need to just do it and I'll like I'm going to come out of this like fume state in like two hours mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and when I was single like that I was fine I didn't even know that was a thing because I didn't have somebody to ping off of I didn't I wasn't right. considerate of anyone else's emotional needs because there wasn't anybody else there, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that reminds me a little bit of my parents, actually. My dad was a little bit of, he would go kind of into a tunnel and my mom would express frustration of, I, you know, I don't basically hear from him until he's got it resolved. And then he comes out on the other side and he's in a much better mood. And there's not that opportunity for the partner to go through that journey and to experience it it's kind of a, at least for my mother, it was jarring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I learned that about myself that it's, I think it's (laughs) very jarring for Caroline too. I didn't, Again, I didn't really know I had that because I didn't have that mirror. Um,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Are there patterns of yours that are getting highlighted?
2: Yes. I I was going to say for Andrew and I it's, um, Andrew's a big dreamer. And so he'll talk about things, but doesn't go into action. Mm. I am very action, like check things off a list. I've always um, had kind of the nickname of like check, um, checklist lady or, or something like that. That like I'm I'm very driven, and so it frustrates both of us that you know he and we early in the relationship we're able to get a, a phrase of he will, he would say this is a dream item, not an action item, and then for me it was like okay cool I don't have to think much of this. You can play in fantasy land all you want, but it, he's ha- he does has so many interests. That he'll talk about and not take action on mm-hmm. that just frustrates me and then he gets frustrated that i'm always like well i'm doing or you're doing or did you do and it's like can't i just take a break and not get something done today
1: yeah no, same thing i mean caroline told me uh, a couple months ago she was like my whole life can't just be a checklist and yeah. i'm like what do you mean that's what life is about Did <laughs> you check stuff exactly. off the list And then the rewards, you get to put more stuff on the list and then you check that stuff off the list and then you get to put more stuff on the list and then you just keep checking forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, similarly, right? And and I think it's it's gotten in the way of me connecting with her because she is also a dreamer and she'll dream and want to like play with these ideas. And I can't enjoy the ideas because my first step is like, okay, but how do we actually make that happen? Mm -hmm. Like, this is cool, but like I'm already in the planning mode And I'm already seeing like the dollar signs, you know, chinging in my brain. I'm already seeing like the time off of work. I'm thinking like a vacation or something, right? Like I'm already seeing like, okay, I need to like, if I want to do this, I need to devote like 20 hours of research to this so that I feel prepared (laughs) and that like we know what we're doing, right? Like I'm like already creating the project management plan. Um, Mm -hmm. When she's like, oh, like wouldn't it be cool to go to Peru, you know? (laughs) And she wants me to be like, yeah, Peru's awesome, you know. (laughs)
2: Right. And we like, how do we go to Peru? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and it's tricky because Andrew's talked about Hawaii. He's wanted to go there for a long yeah. while. He yeah. keeps mentioning that that's an interest of his. And so I'm like, okay, let's make that happen. So we're actually traveling in a few months. Nice. But it, it it is that like, how do I determine that that's one that we're taking action on versus that's just a dream item. Let's fantasize and and play around with the idea of Peru. Um, but then I think what works well for us is he's leaning into my strengths. So we've decided how long we're going to go. I booked the flight, I booked the hotel. I've got ideas of um, activities that we can do. He said, I, "I don't want to do activities every day. Can we do a beach day kind of in between? Like perfect." Mm-hmm. So he's he's weighing in, but he's also happy to step aside and say, "You actually make this happen. I'll enjoy it when we get there."
1: Yeah, that's the that's thing. Are
2: you are you also a Capricorn? You are right no I'm an no. Aries
1: you're an Aries okay yeah Carolyn's an Aries I'm in Capricorn because yeah I see that as like a true <laughs> like a, like a Capricorn thing of like just planning mm-hmm. um but it's just it's the same thing right I mean like we have a we have an inside joke where it's like we'll be planning a trip and I'll be like okay and the trip's like you know six months away and I'll be like mm-hmm. how are you gonna feel on like the third day of the trip like do you want to you think you're gonna <laughs> want to do, do like a hike on that day you know <laughs> and it's like what do you mean like, how am I supposed to tell you, like, well, my energy level is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. six months from now. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I think I know about that. I mean, I know. Like, and I could be wrong, but like, I just, I just have this, like, I'm playing out the future all the time um, and trying to build this thing. And I think she gets frustrated when I'm trying to, like, do that because she's a much more, like, in the moment, flexible mm-hmm. person, you know?
2: And I, I still want to learn that. We've talked Andrew and I about <laughs> yeah. we, we tend to be a little more on the extremes. And so our hope is in our relationship together, we move a little towards the center and never to assume that I'm going to be exactly like him or that I'm going to be in a place where, yeah, I can totally be in the moment. But if I can move towards the moment and he can move a little bit more towards planning, I think we're going to be greater people down the road.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the same thing. Like, I mean, Caroline does help to slow me down. She helps me to appreciate the beauty, right? Like, you know, we do a lot of nature stuff. So it's like, I love kind of what you said with Andrews. like, I'll be out there, I'll plan it. I'll get the road, I'll get the route, I'll make the hikes. But like, she's the one that stops me and says, hey, like, look at this sunset. And I'm like, oh shit, that's yeah. pretty cool. Or like, 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 <laughs> like, I'll miss all that because I'm just like executing the program. Right. You know, like I want to appreciate it um and she lights up and, and she's great to drive around with because she'll she'll light up and she'll like tear up when she's something beautiful and she'll like highlight it and I'm like oh yeah that's I mean that's actually what this trip is supposed to be about it's not just like can Mark Azulay do the plan he said he was gonna do which is I think what my enjoyment is you
2: know right like,
1: oh I did all this stuff I Checking checked that off the off list. list yeah exactly you know? <laughs> yeah
2: which I think is a fun reason why opposites can be together is, Mm. you know, we can build on each other's strengths. We can learn a little bit. We can bring um, different perspectives because we've both said, Andrew's talked about dating people similar to him. And he's like, those relationships never work. And I can't imagine being with someone more like me. I think I'd be so stressed out all the time.
1: Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I think I would, it would be, I mean, I've been in those and those have been nothing but power struggles. Because mm-hmm. we're both trying to like control and plan and like dominate and like have it our way. Um, whereas I think, yeah, the complementary roles is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So it, it makes me a bit excited about the possibilities in the future that, you know, we can move towards that. And and who knows what things are going to be like years down the road.
1: Yeah. So I was asked you this question and I think it's like, it's an interesting question that, I see come by my men's groups a lot. I think a lot of our generation is dealing with this as we're kind of going into like the adult role, um, which is a question of roles, right? Like, how does our generation deal with like gender roles, right? Or how's our mm-hmm. or deal with like professional roles? Deal with the house chores, right? And I think it's not strictly man and woman, but I have found that having roles, or at the very least having like territories, is helpful, mm-hmm. even though that's so counter to how I was raised as an East coast millennial of like, everything should be equal. Everything should be fair. Everything should be the same. Um, I found myself like really towing into the role side of things. Like, does that make sense? It 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 does.
2: I think there's, there's another way of um, I've talked, I've heard some relationship people talk about it, that it's not equal, but it's how do we play into our strengths? Yeah. So I like hand-washing dishes. Andrew hates it. So I don't don't want to say I like it, but I don't mind it. Um, So I I hand wash dishes. And that's something that I do all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He basically never does it. And for the most part, that's okay, because it's something that doesn't bother me. It really does bother him. So why not lean into that? Mm -hmm. We also then outsourced. Neither one of us love cleaning. So we've hired someone to come in and clean the house. We have that privilege but that eases a lot for both of us because that would be a struggle and that would be a constant fight and negotiation. That's a
1: big one. Yeah. The, like the the you know, every other week cleaning person is is critical.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, beats a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that saves our relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with, with Carolyn and I, you know, on, on the role front, like we find ourselves settling into some of the gender roles of like, as the male, like I'm initiating, I'm doing a lot of the planning, I'm like building the structure. And then she brings the beauty and the enjoyment and like the actual like depth to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that was something uh, for her that brought up a lot of insecurity in the past where she was like, I want to be the one doing these things too, but she doesn't really like, like it. Right. Or it doesn't come naturally to her. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'm such a control freak that I think it's never good enough. So (laughs) we're trying to settle into like these different, different ways of being, you know, and it's hard, it's hard.
2: It it is. There's a lot of excitement and a lot of um, fun in relationships, but there is some work. I, you know, some people balk at the idea that relationships shouldn't be hard, but I think that there's maybe not hard, but work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great segue. As we go into our final commercial break here, I think when we come back, we'll talk about, you know, some of the angle, the beauty stuff, right? Like the, the positive side of like what we're building towards and how a listener might do some of that work um, overtly. I think we'll kind of win our therapist hats for a minute and just talk about like what that work could look like um, and how to frame it in a positive way. So um, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, hang on the, on in there and we'll see you on the other side of the commercial break.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark m-a-r-c-azuley-a-z-o-u-l-a-y.teachable.com. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You are listening to from the ashes with mark azule to reach the show today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to podcast at mark-azule.com now back to from the ashes
1: Welcome back to the show. In this final segment, we like talking directly to the listeners and we're going to chat about ways to do that 40% of work um, in the relationship. But first, I think is we're talking about the end goal, right? I mean, there are struggles, but the end goal kind of has to be worth it, you know, and um, betraying some of my pro kid bias here. But for me, it's children, it's family, it's uh, commitment. Like I take commitment very seriously, something that, you know, as an addict, I didn't take seriously. So now I'm kind of like my vows and commitments and promises are like, maybe my prime value is dependability. Um, and this idea of, you know, frankly, going through like the human process of being a parent. Like, I feel like there's like a real developmental step there that I'm afraid of missing out on. Um, I'm mm-hmm. afraid of, of not having that very like um, critical human experience. Uh, so I wonder for Christina, um, does any of that relate with you or is, what's your version of kind of the goal? Like, what are we working towards building?
2: I, I certainly agree with commitment. For me, there's a strong importance on marriage, and I don't quite know why. Yeah. Because intellectually, I can look at it and say, you know, we own a house together. We're living together. We're committed in this relationship. We don't have any expectations of of leaving. What difference does it make to me whether there's a piece of paper or a ring? And yet it's important for me. So I've done a lot of, you know, trying to understand myself to know what is it about that institution that feels important and why do i think that that's going to um be something that secures the relationship instead of the actual commitment
1: yeah what did you come up with i'm curious like what's what's the importance of marriage to you i'm still kind of working on it Yeah,
2: I, i think there's a a fallacy in my mind that um a marriage is is you're locked in you're you're in it you're you're fully committed and I understand that so many people get divorced and, you know, my parents got divorced after being married for over 25 years. So it's not like a, a something that I haven't experienced, but for some reason in my head, it's like, oh, if that marriage happens, then we are serious and we are in it forever.
1: So it's like a security thing or it's like a, a milestone. Yeah,
2: it is. Yeah, it's an important milestone. And I don't particularly like that idea. Because again, I am i imagine myself as fulfilled in the relationship now as I would be if there's a marriage and I, I still want to move towards it.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, I don't know, like uh, I joke with Caroline, I don't know if you think it's so funny, but I think I'm hilarious. And sometimes that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> but I've said like, you know, we've we bought this house. And uh, we're locked in. I mean, we're, we're, we're like bonded by like the matrimony of debt, you know, and like by like mm-hmm. the greatest connector in all of American society. Um, but I for me, the wedding is important. I, I didn't think it would be as important until I really met her. And until, you know, I think maybe the, the work up into building my community where it's like I want it to be both a community celebration. Like it's important that I'm like at a place where all my friends and family celebrate me. Like, that's just a new thing mm-hmm. for me. Like, I don't, I don't even like birthdays, but I think I'm going to love my wedding. Um, mm-hmm. and I think like, as an expression of us, right. Like down to like what the food is, like what the venue is, like even what the formats we're looking at doing like kind of like a week long thing. Um, like just kind of as like a moment of self-expression and, and artistry, right. Like my, My fear of a wedding is doing, and of course, no offense to anyone who's done this, but like kind of like the traditional like country club, you know, you get like a a steak, a fish and a chicken, right? Like you Mm -hmm. listen to the same, like, you know, top forties hits, and then like the wedding is over. I've been to so many like that. And for me, that seems like kind of rote. Whereas I really want to like, I mean, I might be a bridezilla, but like I want to like. (laughs) <laughs> or groomzilla, I guess. Um, but yeah, I might want to like, you know, really design the the ceremony. I want it to be meaningful. I don't want to just like repeat stuff that I don't care about, right? Like I want to have like awesome food is so important to me. It's like maybe the most important thing in my entire life. I want to have like incredible food, right? That like really represents us, right? I want to have like tons of dancing. Um, we're looking at doing something like in nature outside, right? Like it's just kind of as a way to like express um, who we are. Like that's, that's really exciting for me. It's really exciting for me. Like, it's it's like an art project, you know?
2: I, I really like that framework. I really like that idea. I hadn't thought of it as an expression of the, the two people as a a couple and as, yeah, like an identity almost of, of really solidifying that. But I, I like that view.
1: Yeah, that, that's what's excited me about the wedding. Um the point mm-hmm. is, like, you know, fingers crossed we're going to be trying for kids end of the year. Um, Caroline doesn't want to be married before then, so I'll probably do, like, a small ceremony at the house. And then probably in two years or so, do like a big wedding. Because um, again, I have high standards. I don't want to compromise. And like all the all the venues are full now because everyone's yeah. doing their COVID weddings or their COVID wedding mm-hmm. parties or things like that. Um, so I, I hate being rushed, and I want to do it right. So that that's the current the current plan for you and the listeners out there that are following along with my relationship <laughs> development. Um, that's that's where we're at.
2: But I, I like that um, flexibility that you're talking about, that it doesn't have to be a certain way. It doesn't have to be, okay, we, we have to do this in a, a timeline before something else. It's, we can do a different ceremony, but we can also have the big party and the big expression when it's it fits more for us and when we right. have the time for it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, when we have the time, when we have the money, when when like we can do it right, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Cause it is important and, and I don't want it to be something that, yeah, I don't, I hate being rushed. I just hate that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because I'm a planner, right? Like I'm already living five years in the future.
2: So I don't right. Want that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you got to have a short-term plan, a long-term plan. That's right. That's right. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so, so from a therapist perspective, right? Like what are some ways that people could work on their relationships? I think specifically targeting and speaking to people in our category, um, kind of like premarital therapy, right? Like, you're in there for long term. You want to work. What would you recommend people do, or talk about, or work through um, in preparing for this next step?
2: What was important for me was to know what my absolute red flags were, and to be open to some yellow flags. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that I look at yellow flags is, I need more information. It's it's not clear. It's a green flag or a red flag. It's it's uncertain, or you know, maybe I need to understand it better and. I think like you were talking about when I was looking for people with the 90 or 100% values, I was looking for all the green flags, no red, no yellow. Like we just have to hit it off. And to understand there are some non-negotiables for me, but there are other things that maybe I can tolerate living with or that I can grow to understand, or maybe I can be a better person because of. Um, So I think that own clarity within myself, but also a willingness to have a conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's big and like, I think, yeah, knowing your red flags, doubling down on them, but then letting other things slide, right? Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd, right? So, like, for me, I was like, I was always anti sports, against all that kind of stuff. And like, America's I mean, like, I would never date someone who's into sports. Caroline loves baseball and she loves the Mets, which is like, I've heard is like a fucking tough team to like. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just growing for me. It's like, I had to like learn how to be with like a sports fan. Right mm-hmm. Whereas like my younger self would be like absolutely not, like that is insane, but that's not really a red flag, right? The red flags are a little bit deeper of like I don't want someone that like belittles me or that's mean to mm-hmm. me or mocks me or you know yells like those things are way more important um than like what her preference of sports team is, you know.
2: but I think it's really easy to think about those things. I imagine myself with someone who isn't into sports. And so, gosh, if she's got on her profile or you know, first or second date, we talk about the Mets. Well, it's easy to to kick that to the curb, Mm -hmm. and instead, you're like, okay, we can be different in this way. Maybe you can even grow to understand a little bit about the Mets or how hard it is to be a Mets fan. No, (laughs) (laughs) no.
1: But yeah, no, you're right. That's her territory. You're right. You're right. Yeah, like I can have compassion and understand that thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I cut you off.
2: No, but I think that that's that's part that was part of the growth for me is to to figure out again, like how can um, what are the the things that came up for me very soon in my dating of I I do want to get married? I do not want necessarily to have kids. So that was something that was a discussion point very early on. But the stuff about, you know, sports teams or, or going out more often or not those are things that I can work around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like those conversations you you highlight are critical of like, are you on the same page about children? Are you on the same page about money? Are you on the same place about like right. standard of living? Are you on the same page about where you'd like to live? Like, are you city versus country people? Like mm-hmm. those more adult conversations, I think, I think they are truly deal breakers and they have to be talked mm-hmm. about upfront, you know?
2: I heard someone once say that they'd been married for like five years before they even talked about their political affiliation. And I thought that is so interesting is that you didn't even know where your, your partner landed on that until you were very far into your marriage. And then that was something that they disagreed on. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not have been a huge thing because they didn't talk about it earlier, but um, I at least want to know a little bit about values or about political beliefs or about um, perspectives in the world around us that are important to me.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's critical. Um, yeah. You know, so something that is a good resource that I give to my clients and I'm no, in no way sponsored by this, There's was a uh, thing called the intimacy deck. I think the company's best self, you can just Google it um, or put it on Amazon. It's like 25 bucks or something. And it's just like, 200 cards that are just questions about all this stuff that we're talking about, um, about, you know, your past, about your beliefs, about your values, about your sexual likes and dislikes, about like your dreams, all this stuff. And I would recommend to anyone that's getting a long-term relationship, like buy that deck of cards. It's super cheap. And it will save you so much hassle moving forward, just prompting you to ask uh, these questions and start to like cover some territory. Um, And I've also worked with some guys. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, I would just add to that too, take yeah. it slow. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be in the you know, first three dates that you go through all those cards and talk about all those topics. That's true. You can do it over time.
1: Yeah, you don't have to interrogate the person. Um
2: Right. That might be a bit of a turnoff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And kind of what I was gonna say there is that like also if you have cold feet, doing something like that can be helpful because it, it is really comprehensive. Like to just if you're one of those yeah. people to look underneath every rock, that's a way to do it.
2: That's a great suggestion
1: yeah. so uh, we're just about at time here uh, Christina can you say a little bit more about you or if people can find you online
2: Sure I've got a practice in Los Angeles and I have a website cdicksoncounseling.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook.
1: okay awesome well thanks for joining. I'm sure you'll be back on the show uh, pretty soon here um, for those tuning in it's thank right you on. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week on another episode of from the Ashes.
0: Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet Triumph and Defeat and treat those
2: two imposters the same.